Okay, well, welcome to WNZN Radio. Very happy you tuned in for another show. I think it's a very interesting and really good, inspiring show today. You know, David, <clears throat> it seems like since the first of the year, we've had a lot of special guests. Yes. And that's going to continue. And right. We can introduce different ministries. We're going to do that in a minute with our guest today, a good friend of mine for several years now. Incredible work going on in South Africa. But, uh, hey, it's the week before the Super Bowl. Yeah. <laughs> no, I can't. It's going fast. So, um, yeah. you know, um, anyone listening in WNCN, uh, if you're having any problem with the audio or static, I recommend the best way then is just to live stream. Let's go to www.wnzn.org. That's wnzn.org. And, again, we're out of Lorain, Ohio, 89.1 FM radio. Really appreciate having this platform where we can uh, be in the <coughs> Word of God and introduce uh, uh, ministers from uh, both locally, nationally, and around as we are today around the world. So, on that, I would like to greet Loretta Jackson. Loretta, thank you for coming in today. Oh, it's a pleasure. Thank you for inviting me. God bless you. And uh, like I said, when David's here, I'm here, and we're just going to open up. Like I said, we'll come out in our conversation. I've known Loretta now many, many years. And, very aware of her ministry. But Loretta, can you start and just kind of give us a background of your life story and uh, testimony, maybe how you came to Christ, and particularly then we're going to see how you got into missions and, and more specifically how God gave you a vision for your present work in South Africa. All right. It's, 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 I'm an interesting life. I've done a lot of things in a lot of places and met a lot of faces. Uh -huh. I was raised in a Christian home. That's number one. Mother and father was both Christians and went to church. It seems like when I was young, we went to church all all the time. And I remember as, as I left home and uh, after I graduated from high school, and I went into the United States military for my three years. Three, I did three years as, as a medic. And I remember when I left my mother's home, I said to her, I'm never going back to church again. I'm, I'm all churched out. I've been to church. That will last me for a lifetime of my whole 18 years. Uh -huh. uh -huh. But you know what? God has, and you know, your parents are always praying for you. And God, even in my stupidness and craziness, God still had his hand on my life. Uh -huh. I didn't want him in my life. He knew that he needed to be in my life. So what I did is I went into the military. And you know what? I don't know if any of you or your listeners been in the military, but that was the last place I need to be because that's where, I mean, I went in as a little innocent young 19-year-old kid and I learned all the bad things. That's one thing about the military is, you know, it's it's not the most moral place to be, but it's, it's a good place to be. We were and both we, Army. We were both medics, Loretta. Both Army. We were both <laughs> I tell you, you know what? And in all of the things that I learned, because I really wanted to, because I had been, under my parents' leadership for so long, I really wanted to be one of the bad girls. But the Lord didn't let me. He didn't let me go into that faction, and I'm glad that He didn't, because uh, uh, I tried to use drugs. I couldn't use drugs. It just made me sick. I tried to drink. I couldn't do that. It made me silly. No, this is not for me. And so there are several things that I try, and I know from being for a fact now that there are things that. God will keep from you to keep from letting it destroy you. Because I have friends that have children, and they tried drugs one time, and they were hooked, and 
you know, they just, and, and just, uh, it's a miserable feeling when you can't help someone, right. uh, drugs or alcohol. But I tried all those things in the military because that's what people were doing. My friends were doing, my military buddies were doing, but God didn't let it, he didn't, for some reason I couldn't do it. And so anything that made me sick or, or altered my thinking and craziness, I was like, this is not for me. So I didn't get into any of that. But I did my three years in the military, and, and despite telling my mother, me telling my mother I'm never going back to church, well, God was in that plan too. My mother just, when she was ironing, she was there, she just kept ironing, said, uh uh-uh, uh uh uh. So I'm never going back to church, I'm never getting married, I'm never going to have kids. But you know, I lied on all three of them. But anyway, oh, anyway, um, that's those were my plans, but those were not God's plan. And thank God that I was I was lucid enough to follow His plan. So after I got out of the military, I uh, came back to Ohio, and I went to uh, Kent State University. Matter of fact, I graduated from Kent State University uh, in 1977, and then I got a career working with the government. Uh, and as time passes, and as the devil keeps kicking you from time to time, you realize that you need to be going in another direction. So a friend of mine uh, from California, she was uh, at my job, and she was uh, detailed to my job from California, and she was a Christian, and she asked me, why don't you just come and go to church with me? Uh-huh. I was like, yeah, I have nothing else to do anyways. And I hadn't been to church in like 18 years. It took 18 to 18 years. That's how long I was wow. out of church. So you're 36 so, years old. You're about 36 yep, years old. Yep, yep, yeah. I was in the 30s. That's correct. And you know what? The devil really had a lot of traps for me too and so i said okay so i went to church with her and you know at the end of the service they always have an altar call and for some reason i don't know why i went up there but i went up and you know you know you give the pastor your hand and you rededicate your life to the lord and from and that was like in the 80s in the early 80s and so um after that i just got involved in church and you know the funny thing is is because after that because i once i graduated from Kent State. It took me to the 90s. I got a master's in divinity because I, after I joined the church and the church had a really good, sound doctrine uh, on preaching and teaching. And so it kept me interested in learning the Bible. And yeah. all the that I went to church, I never learned the Bible because you just, you know, as a child, you, you just got to do what your parents say you do, but you don't really be mm. yeah, we, we both yeah. realize that. <clears throat> yes, absolutely, yeah. Loretta. Yeah. But as you get older and you get kicked down by some of the, the, the wiles of the devil, you learn to say, you know, there's got to be a better life than this. And so what I did is when I rededicated my life to the Lord, I really got into the church. And now that was in the 80s. And so um, after I got into the church, I got involved in the church. And I really liked helping people. That's that's the that God gave me to be a helper and, and, and to be a giver if I can. <clears throat> So I, I worked in the uh, uh, in my church, and you know I started mission board. They didn't have a missionary board in my church, and I started one. And so we started working on the streets, and you know giving people clothes and, and giving them food and things like that, making food for them. And that's how I learned. And then after uh, 30 years of working with the government, it was time for me to retire. I, I didn't have to retire, but I wanted to retire. So I wanted to do ministry full time. Right. And I always, I don't know how, 
I don't know how I got to be a missionary, but it's something that God put on my heart. And since I was my my pastor recognized that I like helping people, he said, "You're a missionary." Uh, that's good. <laughs> okay, uh. yeah. Even though I had said a long time ago, I don't want to be a missionary. I don't want to go to church. Blah blah blah. And so, and I started the mission board, and and I did street. We did street ministry for ten years in the streets of Baltimore. And then um, I had a friend, he was a pastor, and he, uh, I was when I was working on my master's, he said, I'm going to take a team to Mexico. Uh, and I was about 1993 or 94. And I'm going to take a team, and I want some of the students to go with me. Now, I think I was, he was teaching the book of John, about the book of John. I think I was, that's, a, that's what I remember. And I was like, oh, I went home and I prayed about it. And the Lord said, yeah, you should go. Uh-huh. And this is how much, he was telling us how much it was going to cost. I was like, I don't even know. I don't know how I'm going to get the money. And I'm telling you, I told my pastor and I told people and friends that I knew. And, you know, before I knew it, I had all the money. Is that and right? Was, and it wasn't even hard either. So I'm going on a mission trip and to Mexico. We're going to be there two weeks and we're going to be doing this. We're going to be building a church for them and, and, and such and such. And so... It was my first mission trip, and I tell you, at the end of the day, I, I know you've been on mission trips before. At the end of the day, I was so tired doing ministry at the end of the day that all I could do was get in my little sleeping bag. We slept on the floor of a church. We didn't even have a bed, but that's missions for you. That was Missions 101, but I loved it. I loved it. It didn't bother me. Some of the people that went with me, they, you know, they got they got freaked out by some of the little bugs. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> But I love it. Didn't bother me. It's yeah. like you know, those bugs got to have a place to go. As long as they don't bother me, I'm not gonna bother them. Right. So I slept on the, uh, you know, and and I did have a, a friend of mine. I have ne- never met this woman to this day, but another friend of mine was telling her that I was going on a mission trip and I needed a sleeping bag. And this lady, I don't even know her. God knows her. She went and bought me a brand new sleeping bag, and I was a beautiful, beautiful one from um, Sears. I still uh-huh. got. Day. And because we had to sleep on the floor because of, of the church, because there was no accommodation. But that's the missions. You know, you go wherever you need to go and do whatever you need to do to reach the lost. So that was my first mission trip, and I really loved it. And that's how I got in missions. After 10 years of doing local missions, domestic missions, or whatever you want to call it, God called me from that point on, He called me into international missions. And so every year when I was working for the government, I would take my three weeks or four weeks vacation and I would go on a mission trip and do something. Just to, Where'd you, know, you go? Where, where'd you go? Oh, let's see. I've been to, well, the first one was to Mexico, then all over Africa, then to Spain, uh, then to Germany. And so, yeah, that's where we went. We went, we went all over. But uh, those are the different countries that I went to before God settled me into uh, South Africa. Right. Because at the time he was selling me, at the time in 2008, I took a team for WEC. Because I joined WEC in 2006. Can you explain WEC and how did, how did you choose WEC? And, and for the sake of our listeners, Loretta, can you tell about that, about WEC and what it stands for and what they do? Yeah, WEC is a mission agency, an international mission agency, and what they do is they send out missionaries, they prepare and equip missionaries 
to go to be mission minded and to go out and, 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 and seek the lost and bring them into the Lord and, and tell them about the goodness of Jesus Christ. Uh, whatever state they're in, we'll, you know, pray with you. They'll pray for you. And that's what I like about that, that mission agency. It's a mission agency. It's been around about 100 years, I think. Right. And, um, and, and I, I love the fact that they, it's a praying mission agency. Uh, and, and I like the fact, because there are many mission agencies, what I did is I interviewed with three mission agencies, and I was, and WEC was the last one, and so when I was on the train coming back from WEC, from, uh, from Fort Washington in, uh, in Pennsylvania, going to, coming back to Maryland, I was praying about it, and immediately the Lord said, this is the one I want you to join, because oh, I, okay. I, I was, because I was, a, I was set on going down to North Carolina for some reason, I had some trends. Mission agencies there, and I was set on going there. And uh, what happened was, I prayed about it, and then I, I, I prayed about it, and then I, uh, uh, I contacted WEC, and I, and um, uh, I can't remember who was the director of who was the director at that time. I think maybe it was Lewis and, and Susan were directors at that time, and I think the the the, the candidate office run by uh, I can't even it's been so long I can't even remember now must be getting old but anyway when I contacted them they sent me all this paperwork to fill out it took me a month to fill it out <laughs> wow they wanted to know everything about your life before you were born after you were born when you were born blah 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 what they really wanted to know about your Christian walk with the Lord uh, and that's what mission agencies do they want to know how solid you are in the word. Because if you talk about being a missionary, you talk about going over to a different land and teaching the gospel, they really want to know, do you have uh, the credentials? Are you sure that God has called you to do this work? Because it's not easy work. And, uh, and you come up against a lot of obstacles. Not only do you come up against a lot of obstacles, you come up against presidents of different countries that don't really want you there uh, teaching about Jesus Christ. So I filled it out, and they accepted me, and, uh, and that was in 2006, and um, I got the right hand of fellowship, which is a graduation uh, in December 2006, and so um, when I was there, I was, and I was there for six years, but what they did is they made me uh, a mobilizer. And, and what is that? Explain that, Loretta. A mobilizer is just a fancy word for a recruiter to recruit African Americans into missions, and that's what I did. Okay, Loretta, explain that because you're unique coming into WEC, and then you have that special ministry to the African American community and churches. Can you right. develop that just a little bit more? Yeah, what I what I would do is I would go to. Well, I know a lot of African American churches. Here in uh, Maryland, uh, Philadelphia, uh, New Jersey, and what I would do is I would contact the head of the mission board because most African American churches have a mission board. They do local missions, you know. They don't do international missions. And I would contact them and ask them if I could come and talk to their missionaries. And so I have trained a lot of missionaries, African American missionaries, uh, that 
churches that didn't have mission boards in them. I helped help them start it up, train the missionaries. I've taken them on many mission trips uh, overseas too, as well. And the thing is about uh, missions is God. You have to have a heart for it, and God has to call you into it. And but there's so you, what I know about the African American mission missionaries is that in America, in the last I say 40 years, black folk have just been able to cure wealth. And they ain't trying to give it up to go into missions. So you know how missionaries are. Most of the time we're poor. <laughs> but you know what? Being poor, God blesses you in being poor because you are doing his work. And what I found out, John, yes, is if you walk in obedience to God's word, you're trying to figure it out, and he's working it out already. That's a good way to put it, Loretta. You are you trying to figure out? He's already working it out. He, he's worked it out. Yeah. So that's all that he's put on my life. So I have taken a lot of teams all across the world. The, the most interesting team that I took was into Jordan because it's so Islamic. And, right. You know, you can, and, and I don't know about a lot of people. I don't know if this is a gift or a curse, but I, but when I go up into some of these countries, I can feel the darkness, the force, the demonic forceness, and it just it doesn't rattle me. It just irritates me. It irritates me uh, because uh, the demons don't want you to be there. They know you there. Yeah. Uh, to to get rid of them because they have such a chokehold on the people and blind them. And they don't like it, so they start irritating you, and they irritate me. But you know, through the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus. I remember one time I was in Ghana, and it was like 3 o'clock in the morning. We went, we were way out into a village. It was like 300 miles outside of Accra, which is the capital. And I remember in the middle of the night, the demons attacked me and woke me up. In the middle of the night, to attack me, and I remember getting out of bed and getting all my sisters that was in the room with us. We got to get up and pray, and 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 I remember telling these demons, "I don't know where you going or where you came from, but you, I ain't leaving. That's what I wanted wow. to do. <clears throat> I'm not leaving. I don't know where you came from or where you going, but I'm not leaving. Because that's what they try to do. They try to frighten you, and and and, and they were frightened. But you know what? The more I said the blood of Jesus is against you, the more they shrink and left the room. Boy, that's incredible. I want to mention, okay, so because of your, I want to just back up so my listeners can really appreciate you, these different points in your testimony, Loretta. So your upbringing, the military, how you came to Christ, and then uh, then you're calling the missions with WEC, which means Worldwide Evangelization for Christ, and Correct. the numerous countries you've gone to. And then taking your mission vision to many churches, but because you're African-American, you were able to gain entry into African-American churches in the States predominantly, as well as to challenge, educate, and then literally take teams over. And now, David, talking about being in parts, uh, I, I resonate with what Loretta's saying, because in parts of Southeast Asia, you can feel demonic oppression. It is very, very real. Very real. And People in America don't realize, they don't. They don't realize it, they don't recognize it, and they think that, you know what, I got to the point that I didn't even talk about it whenever I went someplace that I was got attacked, because people don't believe it. Yeah, exactly right, and it's so much in the scriptures, and uh, it's a blindness, really, that people don't understand this, and but what you said, with the power we have, 
where Jesus says, you know, greater is the, uh, the word of God says, greater is he that's in you than he that's in the world. And Jesus would yep. say, I give you power to trample upon serpents and scorpions, which we yep. know are metaphors for the demonic. Yeah, David. David has a question. Uh, yeah, Loretta, um, I'm curious uh, about your your dreams or what woke you that night. Can you talk a little bit more about that and then how you prayed? Because uh, what I have learned in doing this show with John um, since I've been a new believer, what, about 10 years ago, 10 John, years, we met, so. uh, is that it's so wonderful to hear the power of prayer and you're really educating people on how they can pray if they face similar things in their lives. Okay. You know what? You know what, David? I, 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 it wasn't a dream. It wasn't a dream. I've been around the world, and I know when demons, I know the, the presence. I can feel the presence. When I walk in, I can feel the heaven. Okay. But I, I, was, I, I, was, I was in a sleep. I was in a sleep. It was, it was like, uh, but, the, but. You know, the missionaries that invited us down to this village, there was only one Christian there, number one. And they had already told us, he'd already told us that, that warlocks and the demons get busy between midnight and, and uh, dawn. That's when they the activity started. Right. Okay. Pardon me? I, I said okay. Yeah, thank so you for that. So okay. Not to be, so we were praying, we were praying. And I remember this demon, he came right through the door. Came through the door. Woke me up and took a battle stand like he was going to attack me. And I remember I sat up in the bed and I said, the blood of Jesus is against you. And the more I said that name, that name is the only name that they recognize. The more he shrank and left the room. I jumped out of bed, got the girls up and said, we have to pray. And I said, I don't know where you came from. I don't know where you're going, but I am not leaving. And I meant that. Oh, praise God. Wow. Boy, that's a wonderful story. You know, uh, people really don't, uh, John and I were talking, you know, uh, we were both raised uh, Roman Catholic, and I never learned about supernatural warfare until about five, six years ago with John. I never understood in Ephesians about the armor of God that we can put on. I just oh, yeah. never really understood that this realm is here and we're in warfare every day whether we want to be or not yep and, 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 yeah and john also taught me that the third world you see a lot more of it um yeah, you do. than you do over here in the western they practice it they they they, they practice it uh okay. i i South Africa, let me tell you i my last team i took to south africa to, to, to my last team i took was in and was it was I think it was 2008 or maybe 2009. I took some teams after that. But a team I took, I took it to, two, to uh, South Africa in 2008. And I remember on the bus, because there are people that want to go on a mission trip with you. And it depends on where you're going. They don't really want to go to do missions. They want to go because it's a part of the world that they've always wanted to go. See, I don't have time to deal with people like that. And I, when I'm doing my training, if I'm going to take you on a mission uh, uh, trip, I'm gonna tell you if you want to go on a vacation, please take a vacation. Don't come with me on mission because you're not gonna be happy. <laughs> you're right. not gonna be, don't come with me if you want to. If you want to see this part of the country, get up, take a vacation. You're gonna be you're gonna be very very happy. You're gonna be you know staying in nice places. Blah blah blah. Don't come on mission because you know anything can go off on missions can pop off. So, uh, but in 2008, I took a team to South Africa, and I remember. I had taken so many teams by then. I said, Lord, you know, I'm just tired of, I'm tired of traveling. 
I'm tired of taking people uh, on mission trips and telling them and talking to them and doing training about, you know, the Great Commission, and they treating it like it's a great old mission. I'm just tired. I'm not going on any more trips. I'm not taking any more teams. And I said I want to be a missionary, and I want to be someplace where you where, where stable. But I don't want to be. I don't want to be a missionary to Africa because I've been there too many times. So much for what I don't want to do. So that was uh that was in 2008. And about 2009, about 2000, well before the end of that trip, the Lord spoke to me. The Holy Spirit said. This is what I want you to do because I was just tired of taking the trip, taking teams. I was tired of training and teaching. And he said, I want you to buy property here and bring teams over to show them. Where, where, Loretta? Where exactly? Yeah. Let them work along besides experienced missionaries to see what missions is really about. Uh huh. So we bought, uh, my brother and I, his name is Martin, we bought a 52 acre farm that we own in South Africa. Whereabouts in South Africa? Right outside, it's about 40 kilometers, which is about 49, 46, 47 miles outside of uh, Pretoria. Can you tell us about that process? I mean, that very, very few people actually do that. I mean, uh, actually are able in missions to go over and develop and cultivate a work with buildings. And uh, how, tell me, walk us through and our listeners how you did that from like the beginning, the vision, what, what kind of problems you had with the government or financing or any of those kind of things. And then I want you to give out some contact information, which we're going to do again at the end of the interview. But uh, if you can do that, that would really help a lot. Well, let me tell you this. God did it. God did it. My brother and I, I was telling my brother, my brother is an ordained minister with the Assemblies of God. But I was telling, and we know we had the money. So uh, I was telling him, I said, you know, I was talking to the Lord and I was just really in my spirit. I said, I was down because I'm tired of taking teams and, you know, nobody catches the vision. It, it probably due to the lack of the lack of my patience and lack of my timing, not God's timing. And so uh, I said, the Holy Spirit said to me to buy land here in South Africa, because my brother was one of the ones that went with me too right. on, the, on this trip and um, to buy land here and to start a mission agency and to bring teams over to let them work along besides experienced missionaries so they can see what missions is all about. Because black churches do missions. They just don't do international missions. Okay. But they have no experience in their pastor. You know, everything comes from your pastor, comes from the head. Right, right. Up the head and it trickles down. And so I don't know, sometimes pastors just don't want people to leave their churches. And they have no idea that if, if God calls one of their their uh, congregants into missions, he replaced them with two or three more people. Exactly, so, right. Just trying to hang on to people. Uh, and so, uh, and so, what we did is I prayed about it, and I had a friend. Uh, uh, she's from Warren, Ohio, as a matter of fact. And I told her she was married to a South African, and I asked her to start looking for properties around there that I was interested in, and she did. And my brother in two thousand nine. Uh, she, they found this property that they thought that we were, we may like. And we flew over in 2009 and looked at the property. Uh, and it's 52 acres. And we liked it. And we bought it. We had the money. Uh, you know, I had to do some uh, selling of stuff. I, I sold my house, as a matter of fact. So okay. we did uh, this property. 
And my brother had money too, and he had properties. He sold some here, and so we came up with the money. We owned a stock, lock, and barrel. We had really good Christian attorneys in South Africa that made sure that the that the property wasn't any encumbered. I guess is that the language encumbered? Yeah, with liens against um, it and right. stuff like that. Title, yeah. Right. yeah. It wasn't encumbered that it, that it wasn't taken away from some of the because you know they had apartheid over there for right. a long time. That some somebody else didn't own it and, and it was taken away. So we had and we had to pay almost twenty five thousand US dollars for them to do all of to do that research. Wow. But they did it. And uh so we own the property. Uh on that property right now it's called Lam, L A M, which without the B, because my name is Loretta, my brother's name is Martin. So God gave me the name of Lamb without I like the B. That. That's good. Did you That's hear that? Great, yeah. That's good. Repeat that again, if you would. Uh, the God gave me the vision to call it the Lamb Ministries, L-A-M, without the B. Uh, so it stands for Loretta and Martin Ministries. I like it. Okay. His name. So, uh, so that's the name of our property over there. It's called Loretta and Martin's Legacy, and so and we wanted to be a legacy. Uh, on that property was a was a three bedroom house. But right now, that three-bedroom house is is like a rehab because there's a ministry that's also associated with WEC International called Patel. And so they've been on our property. We bought the property in 2009. I can't believe we've been over there like over 10 years. Yeah. But uh, uh, but uh, rehab, uh, they built a rehab out of our our house that we our original house with three bedrooms, but they in turn built us a two bedroom house on the property. In turn, I have a center for girls that I've built on the property. It costs us a lot of money, but God is is good and He gives us a provisions. I use a lot of my my uh, uh, my pension money, but but it's just money. But and it's going for the cause of lifting up the gospel because over in South Africa. Uh, they have a lot of uh, uh, ancestral worship. Okay. Uh, yeah, yeah. Explain that a little bit, if you would, please. You know, the ancestral worship is they put a lot of emphasis on the ancestors, and they worship the ancestors. And they, you have what they call sagomas. Sagomas, sagomas are like witches, and they call up the dead. And these people, some of them will go to church, but then they'll go home and they'll call on the ancestors when they have some type of problem or situation that they need to get out of. Okay. And so, so mm -hmm. uh, it's a, it's a demonic force. Right. So not all of them, but there's a pretty much population that goes into the ancestor, ancestor worship. So, but that's all. Loretta, what do you yeah. think? Does that require more Bible teaching or how do you see people break free from that? I mean, if they're willing to come to church, but then they still, it's like ancient Israel, you know, they, they had the, <laughs> they believed in God, but then they had the sacred groves and the high places and the shrines and all, you know, how, yep. how, what do you do? Same, same thing, teaching. I do a lot of teaching. I do a lot of teaching. And not only that, uh, I do uh, some of the African churches. I'll give a mission conference, like a two or three day mission conference. And I'll train them. I've, I've trained missionaries in South Africa. It's a six weeks course that I train them on how to be a missionary. We go out into the community uh, and, and we talk about the love to because to, most most if you're not in the cities, then you talk about the villages, which is the rural areas. And that's mostly where all the demonic forces and that's where the ancestral worship is really strong. Okay. Now, specifically, uh, what is your ministry? Explain that to our listeners, if you would, Loretta. 
my ministry, I minister to girls. Uh, I have a center, it's, it's a 28 room center. And I minister to girls between the ages of 18 to 25 that are infected with HIV. They don't have AIDS, but they're infected with HIV. And my ministry to them is, and God helped me do this. He gave me this ministry. And my ministry is to help them get jobs and skills so they can get on with their life. Um, what happened is I, I have met a lot of, I've, uh, I have a lot of friends over there. And I have friends that have business businesses, and uh, they will train these girls as an apprentices. I don't hire them. I connect with uh, businesses uh, so they can and ask. And I tell them what these girls, they know that the girls have HIV because it's still a stigma in that country. Right, right. Of HIV. But if they take their medication, uh, and you have to be on them about that. I live like seven miles from a clinic, so they can go every every three months. They go and get, you know, their free medication. <clears throat> uh, but I I want them to get in a mindset of taking it every day because this is what I found out that some of the girls that have HIV, um, they live in households that nobody in the household is infected. Or the people in the community the village is not affected, so they don't. They get embarrassed if, if, if people see them taking medicine every day, and they'll know there's something wrong with it. They have an illness. Okay. So uh, that stops them from taking their medication. But I have friends. I have a friend. I have a lot of friends, but I have a friend mm -hmm. that, she, and these are business people. She owns two beauty salons. If they want to get involved in that beauty i send them to her and she trains them as an apprentice i have other friends that have a bakery and if they want to get into that she they train them to be a baker i have another friend that's a caterer i have a friend that she's a she's self-employed she said if they want to be entrepreneurs and work for themselves i'll teach them how to write a, a business plan and, and work for themselves so uh i so there are several business i have people that's in it whatever they want to do i connect with uh, agency businesses wow. that's try really to good. train uh, and all my girls are referred to me from the I, I live in between two big hospitals and so I go to the hospitals I talk to I know the caseworkers and I tell them what I'm looking for and all my girls young ladies that come to me are referred from these clinics so like I don't go out on the street to get them they're referred from the clinic Loretta so, about how many would be Christians would you say then going through your program uh, you know, it's uh, that's you know they say they're Christians, but they really don't know what Christianity is. Uh -huh. So every so every Wednesday, I always have a you know we have a after uh, that everybody gets in and, and about seven o'clock, uh, we're gonna have like a little church session, and uh -huh. you know, and I'm gonna t and I teach them. Uh, and and I and, and when they go home, they can go home. They don't have to stay, but they stay in my. They live in my clinic. They live in my. Excuse me, my uh, my my center. They live in my center, but they can go home on the weekends. But uh, sometime on the weekends, I let them go home every other weekend because there are weekends that they have to be there that they need to earn money. You can stay in my center for free, but you got to earn money. So what they would do is they will bake you know, pies or cakes or, or or biscuits or whatever they make, and they would take them down, we'd go to the flea market, and they would sell them to get a little income. Now, God has blessed me on this last, this trip that I was here this time. Uh -huh. I was 
friend of mine in New Jersey who's a seamstress. And don't you know, now I have five brand new sewing machines. I was telling her that I want the girls to get involved in sewing because Africans like that. They can make really nice, beautiful clothes. Right. Beautiful cloth. So uh, she gave me five machines, sewing machines, brand new in the box. Wow. I'm just trying to, I'm going to get them to South Africa now. Is that hard to, to, to bring equipment over like that or medical? I mean, going through customs or tariff? Can, is that no, right? no, no, you just got to declare it. Okay, you, you to, just declare it. Okay. Yeah, you have to declare it. So I'll be, de so I'm going to take, and another friend of mine who's old military, he's giving me two great big um, duffel bags. And these sewing machines are, 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 are like tabletop sewing machines. So they're about 20 pounds each. Loretta, oh man, what the heck? Yeah, I can hear you again. We got cut off just for a second. Okay, we're good. Involved in sewing, and don't you know she went on and told her church and her friends. Now I got five brand new singer. Uh, sewing machines that I got to take over with me. So I'm just praying about getting them over. That's why when I go over, leave, I'm leaving on the 28th of this month. Okay. And I'm taking a direct flight. Uh, it's 14 and a half hours, usually a 17 hour flight. But because I'm taking a direct flight out of New Jersey, it's 14 and a half hours, 14 hours and 35 minutes. Where do you land? Uh, Where do you land? Uh, Johannesburg. Johannesburg. And then how do you go from there? My brother picked me up at the airport. And what's the distance to your center? About an hour. Oh, not far. Okay, okay. Yeah. Not bad about, at all. Yeah, so, so he'll... What if people want to get a hold of you uh, even before you leave or a church or somebody's interested in maybe putting a missions team together? What would they do, Loretta? Oh, you know what? Well, let me give you my... They should... Because I have teams come on release. I try to have teams come on release twice a year. Okay. Asia from Europe or wherever they want to come to. You know what? Because my number in my phone number is not going to be this one. Uh, but let me give you my my um, my email address, and I've had it for at least twenty years. Okay, great. My email address is faith comes by hearing. That's F A I T H C O M E S B Y hearing dot R-O-M, which stands for Romans, R-O-M, the number 10 at Gmail. Okay. That's faith, faith comes com by hearing dot, dot R-O-M. Yeah, 10, the number 10. Uh, that's Romans 10, 17, 10 at gmail.com. Okay. That's my, that's to send me an email and I'll get it. Uh, my phone number. Uh, I don't know what it's going to be because once you leave the country and you don't, if you, and your phone number is, is, you haven't used it in 30 days, 60 days or something. They, they, they give it to somebody else for some reason. Oh, that but that, right? that's just some of the hassles of being overseas. So. I know that. Okay. Okay. Yeah. So we'll, we'll, we'll say that at the end of the program before we close off. We'll get you know, the contact information. You never then know they, because people yeah. we've people mm. have been on the show before, Loretta, and all of a sudden some people are calling them or they want to find more information out. David, you had a question. Yeah, you know, um, I, I I saw in this article, uh, Quartz Africa, where it said that Africa is set to be the global center of Christianity for the next fifty years. Can you explain the incredible surge in Christianity over there, uh, Loretta? 
and um, and just talk a little bit too about uh, the fact that it seems like the people in Africa, um, when you take a look at the world populations, that you know, I also read that they tend to pray and attend church at much higher rates than Christians in most parts of the world. So maybe you can talk about those two items and why that's the case. Well, number one, you know, Africa is 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 a country that have you know, there's like fifty three countries mm-hmm. on that continent, and each continent, each one have a different. Uh, they have different languages. Each one have their own language. Uh, they have different food. They have different presidents, dictators, or whatever you want to call them. <laughs> Some of them. And so, you know, they they've tried all the uh, they they've tried the ancestral and, and animism and all those other religions and isms and schisms, hmm. which is never is not working out for them. And so, uh, Christianity. Uh, they see the lifestyle. If you live the life of a Christian, of a true Christian, uh, and they see how God has blessed you, they want to know how can you, how can they be blessed? Oh, and I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not saying I'm not. We're not going from in the Bible where the the, the people wanted the, the the gift of of uh, the Holy Spirit. We're not. It's not that type of uh, blessing. They just want peace because. At any given time in that country, war can break out. Right. Right. And so, uh, and and they have so many diseases. So they need to know if they pray to the God that I serve, would He help them? And so, yes, you're right, David. You can go to churches. You go, and I'm telling you, the churches are massive. Some of the churches are massive over there, but some of the leaders, uh, you know, it's like snake oil. They they uh, you know, they sell another snake oil stuff. They may sell uh, a prayer cloth that they prayed over and they charge people for, for uh, you know, if they want to get this prayer cloth or they may have some oil that I don't know where they got it from. They say it's holy oil or the, or the bishop blessed it. Oh. And so people buy that. But, yeah, I, I, but my, 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 the way I talk to them is that you don't have to buy anything for God, for Jesus to come into your life. Right. All you have to do is accept him as Lord and Savior. You ain't got to buy anything. Give him your life, and he'll work that out for you. Yes. Amen yeah. Loretta, I have a question. Um, now, you go over the, at the end of the month, so how long will you be there, and when do you anticipate uh, to be back in the States for a visit or furlough or what would you might call it? Yeah, I'm going to be there for at least three years. I get a three-year visa. I got a three-year visa. My visa is up in 2023. I'll get another three-year visa. And after that, I'll see, seek the Lord about what he wants me to do. But I hope to be over there for at least another three years. Another three years. Yeah, okay. when I leave, I I don't want to come back for another three years. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> it's, but, but I mean, I, I do think, I, I foresee, you know, David, like teams going over there to learn and to catch your vision, mm-hmm. you and Martin's vision. And uh, like David said, we, what we've been hearing, of course, I was at the mission conference yeah. up at WEC back in November. I had a speaker from Nairobi. And what's going on in Africa is very interesting. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's just, I think you're situated in a, in a good place at a good time, although the work is difficult. Uh, the fact that you're training people that could go out and teach 
the basics of the Bible and, and to set people free from so much of this demonic activity is really, really a blessing. Yes, David. Yeah, well, so Loretta, I understand the growth, but there's also been amazing, unthinkable persecution too, right? Uh, so oh, yeah. in, the, in the 20th century, I have a stat here that there's been some 1.8 million Christian martyrs in Africa. Are, are, do you feel safe with your lamb ministries and do you have a perimeter fence protection or are you in a local community where you feel safe with the government body no no you're right uh i have a farm and i'm around surrounded by farms but we have like security fences and security walls you have to security dogs <laughs> you have that uh, uh in that country because there's so much poverty going on and you know people need this the, 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 the youth unemployment in that country is 60 percent can you 60 percent for youth unemployment for the general population of adults is 24 percent so that tells you right there there's a lot of criminal activities because people have to eat they need to eat and so yeah um I, I, am I am I afraid? I'm not afraid. No, I, I you know God didn't give me that spirit of fear. Right. <laughs> uh, but no, I'm not afraid. Uh, but um, you know you have people coming by, you know knocking on your on your fence, uh, wanting to know can they have some food. And we help. Let me tell you, we're not just over in the community just to be in the community. We do help. We, my brother and I support an orphanage over there in another village. We support an orphanage. Uh, we also, when people, we, uh, do parcels of food and, you know, for people that need food, if they say they need food, we're going to give them something to eat because there's nothing worse than being hungry. Uh, but you also got to watch out for shysters too. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Mm, sure. Yeah. So, yeah. But, but you know, you just got to pray about it. You pray, you ask the Lord. Uh, you know, what can I do? How can I do it? And that's one thing about being uh, out of your element. You have to really depend on the Lord and the Holy Spirit to lead and guide you. Uh, because uh, if not, then, you know, you could get taken for, you could get taken for a ride. Yeah, right, right. You're exactly yeah. right. Now, when you're there, do you have a website or a web presence that you keep people informed or they connect with you, Loretta? How, how, by on a practical side, how is your Wi-Fi connection there? Uh, sometimes, you know what? The Wi-Fi, South Africa has a problem with, uh, just like all other Africans, with electricity. So it depends on electricity. That's one of the reasons why we didn't get an electrical fence. Because if the electricity goes off, the electrical fence goes off. Right. Uh, uh, but uh, the Wi-Fi is up and down. depends on... Uh, uh, you know, we have to buy our, our data. You have to, you buy packages. Okay. And you get it uncapped or you can get it capped. Uh, we try to get it uncapped. But then if you, even if you get it uncapped, you can still, after you so many of the gigabytes, it still goes off. You still got to go buy more. But those are just some of the uh, the obstacles uh, of being in a foreign country uh, where here, if you pay one month, you get a whole month. There, you get so many megabytes, and, and that's it. Then you got to go and get some more. Uh, but God is keeping us, and and God is supporting, is supplying our needs. Wow. And uh, we have support. we don't have a lot of supporters, but we do have some. And God bless them. I'm always, you know, sitting a little note. As, as uh, well, I write a little note because you can't have anything coming through the mail because 
I've had stuff coming through the mail when get the mail and my post office box and it was open because when you get letters from America, they think somebody's sending you money or something. Right, so. right, right. Wow, that's amazing. Uh, David, you had a question. Yeah, you know, I, I want to go back to how you prayed with the blood of Jesus. Can you just kind of share that? that? That's really a powerful way to pray. Oh, you! Oh, when the demons attacked me, they came in the room and attacked me. Yeah, with the blood of Jesus. How do you, how do you go about that kind of prayer? That was, David, that was the only thing that came on my mind is like the blood of Jesus is against you. That's what just, you know, that's it's just something that I set up in the bed and I just started saying, the blood of Jesus is against you. And, you know, the more I said it, the more they shrink. Because that's the name that they recognize. They don't care about your name, my name, or anybody else's <laughs> right. name. Right. Muhammad. Right about that. J-E-S-U-S, the power is in that name. Yeah. Amen. Because the room was like when I kept it and we got up and we prayed but you know the funny thing about it they never came back after that and bothered us again through the whole trip I and we had just gotten there like a couple of nights uh when the demons started that little activity but when I set up and I said the blood of Jesus I must have said it about four or five times because every time I said it they shrank and they left the room and I and that's what I said I don't know where you came from or where you're going but I ain't leaving because that's what they try to do. They try to frighten you and make sure. That, but, you know, if you're a strong Christian, you got to be a strong Christian in the Lord. And you got to know the Bible, too. Yeah. You got to know God's word. You're right about uh, that. Yes. Yeah. How about music, Loretta? Do you find out music can be powerful to fill the house with hymns and music? Or what? Are, what is your thoughts on that? I love it. They love American music. They love American Christian hymns. Right. They have their music, too, now. That, you know, Africa is into the drums, I'm telling you. They love drums. Okay. And, uh, uh, but they have, but the, you know, but the Christians over there, they, they, the thing that, that really, that I had to get used to, you know, in, here in America, when you have church, the maximum is like two hours, but they can have church like four or five hours. Right. Right. Oh, so, you know, you have four hours singing, a whole hour shouting, a whole hour praising the Lord. And you gotta, gotta get used to it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Right. I remember that in Thailand. Now, yeah, so, um, you say you're training missionaries or you're training. How? What is that process like? Well, first of all, I I, I train them. I they the churches have missionaries, but they don't do a lot. They don't do a lot. I guess I don't know why they don't do a lot. Why they don't go out and what I want. What I do is I train them. What is a missionary? What is the duty of a missionary? Who is the first missionary in the Bible? Let me let's start with that, and you know someone would say Paul, blah blah, blah and I was like, no, Jesus Christ was the first missionary. You know, mm -hmm. he was the first one. But uh, but I I train them. It's a six it's a six week course. I train. I go to their churches because the churches is the ones that have to, the pastor have to have to uh, okay it. He has to give me the the, the goal to train them, uh, the missionaries. And then after uh, the training, halfway doing the training. What a missionary is, what a missionary's duties are, what a missionary's duties do not do. Uh, you know, some of the things, the practical things you can do to help the community. Because I think you ought to not just be a church, just sitting in the community. And you, you know, people run in and have a two or three hour service and then you run out and you don't see anybody. Right. Uh, uh, you know, do you visit the sick people? Do you visit the, the, the ones that... The people that's in church that are sick. Do you go to the hospitals and pray with them? Uh, do you do outreach on the streets? Some of them have never been out in the, in the, in the community doing outreach. And it's not to, to, to increase the church. 
is to let people know who Christ is. Exactly. Uh, exactly. If they're people that are having issues, that's issues. They don't know where to turn. We need to be the bridge. We need to tell them who they need to turn to to Correct. solve their Lorraine, I have a question. I'm sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt, but how is how is that received in the American churches when you present that message of, of mission and discipleship? You know, uh, it's kind of 50-50. Is that 50 right? 50, yeah. Uh, it depends. Some missionaries get threatened by it. Some pastors get threatened by it. Um, they think that I'm recruiting their missionaries to come overseas or but I'm just training them to, to, to for them to know how to go out and witness to people and not be afraid. So many people are with in America we have we're so afraid to talk to people about the Lord because we don't want to hurt anybody's feelings and everybody yeah. have belief. You know, you you Buddhist, Muhammad and all those people all those religions that don't work for you. You know, my attitude is, how is it working for you? Is it working out? <laughs> but if not, can you just try just try Jesus? See? Go. I guarantee you, he ain't going to let you down. <laughs> That's it's great, Loretta. Loretta, <laughs> what are your needs now that we can pray for or let people know? Not, I mean, you're only going to be here a couple more weeks. So yeah. what is your, you know, where are you at on these different items? My, you know what? I, I, the needs that we have right now, my, my, you know, Africa has a lot of sun, and electricity is very expensive in Africa. Okay. It really, so my brother and I, we're going to be getting, um, uh, solar panels put on oh. our, on our for Wonderful. the girls. Good. Wow. That's going to be anyway. I'm like, it's like two hundred and fifty thousand rands, which is going rands. That's South African currency, which equals to about like seventeen or eighteen thousand U.S. dollars. I see. So we we're praying about that, uh, about getting that. We're praying about uh, upgrading the fence too. We need a more secure fence, even though we have dogs. We still need a more secure fence. So those are our need, our immediate needs right now. That's what we're going to look into right. when I get back. We'll be looking into that. Uh, so if anybody want to make a contribution, they can make it to WEC International uh, 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 Post Office. Is it Post Office Box or is it 1707? 1707. 1707. Post Office Box 1707. And just for missions, put my name on it for and they'll put it into my account. And then the, uh, uh, you know, when we need it, we'll just ask uh, WEC to send us some money to cover some of that. But that's what we're looking into. Uh, uh, we're looking into getting solar panels because I'm telling you, elect electricity is really, really expensive. Yeah, we don't realize that, how good we have it here. I just want to announce that address one more time. Yep. Anyone that wants to more information or make a donation, particularly for solar panels and fence security for the ministry there, that would be WEC, W-E-C, P.O. Box 1707, Fort Washington, PA, Pennsylvania, 19034. Okay. Yeah. So, good, and good, good. Loretta for LAM, L-A-M. That's it. Loretta Ministries. Put a little and, uh, note on there. Or call up there if you need more information about Loretta because she's she's still linked in with WEC. And, uh, you know, I, well, Loretta, we only have a couple minutes left. Uh, we really appreciate we could get you by, you know, you're driving now on the East Coast and getting ready and all the supplies ready to go back to South Africa. Uh, God bless you and, 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 you know, all the work you and Martin are doing over in South Africa. 
you've got my contact information. If I can help you in any way, you know, I will. You know, David's here. Yes. Uh, we got uh, some different things going on here. But uh, I'd like to pray with you, if you don't mind, Loretta, before you we, we leave you go. Please. And, and for your listeners, pray for the missionaries around the world. Uh, because it's not easy, you know, walking off, coming from America, or coming from an, you know, an advanced country, going into rural areas and where the, where the, where the devil has just been, and he's, he's know his time is short and he's just still wrecking people's lives. And so, uh, making people, making frightening people is what he's doing. Yeah, right. Let me pray. Heavenly father, I just thank you that we could touch base Loretta, um, Loretta Jackson and her brother Martin, uh, and the work that you put on their heart many years ago that's now come to fruition with these residential homes and these uh, uh, helping these young women uh, find employment, find the Lord most importantly, and just in the wider community there, Lord, just to set people free from the bondage of evil spirits and, and, and see the light of the gospel that can enrich their lives and strengthen them and they can touch other lives. Just like they're, they're like a, a, lit, a light candle goes in a room with many unlit candles and lights them all and doesn't lose any of their own flame. So continue to bless, protect, provide for Loretta and Martin and all that they do. I pray for our listenership that might be challenged with what Loretta said on this broadcast today that may want to contact her. Uh, we've given the information. They can call me. We'll give out more information. But just bless her in all her preparations and going back for another three years and, and just give her high favor there with the people, the community, the churches, the government, and all of these things. Bless my sister and my brother Martin in a very, very, very special way that they would clearly see your hand upon them in the coming days and months and years. We pray all of this for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God Amen. bless you. God bless you, Loretta, and the great work oh, thank you, you are doing and the WEC people. God bless thank you. Thank you so much. All right, John. God bless you, Loretta. I hope to be here in another three years. God I'll look for you. <laughs> call me. Call me. I will. I will. I will. All right. God bless you. Take care of yourself. Greetings to Martin. Bye-bye. Love you. Bye-bye.